When Jared was 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. Jared lived 962 years and then he died. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. When Methuselah was 187 years old, he became the father of Lamech. After the birth of Lamech, Methuselah lived another 782 years and he had other sons and daughters. Methuselah lived 969 years and then he died. When Lamech was 182 years old, he became the father of a son. Lamech named his son Noah, for he said, may he bring us relief from our work and the painful labor of farming this ground that the Lord has cursed. After the birth of Noah, Lamech lived another 595 years and he had other sons and daughters. Lamech lived 777 years and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham and Japheth. That's amazing, isn't it? We think we're doing well if we live for nearly a century. But these men lived for nearly a millennium each. With that in mind, I'd like to say, share some thoughts with you. How does or how has our maturing years affected our Christian walk? I don't think it's any secret that on the whole, we're a congregation of a more mature age. Although there are among us, I'm happy to say, some younger members. We might want to be like Peter Pan and never grow old, or others might want to grow old disgracefully. But we can't change the fact we are now much nearer to a hundred than we were or are to one. How things have changed over time. We've got the odd little line or lines appearing and our muscles aren't quite as taut as they used to be. 
Our clothes have shrunk every time we take them out the wardrobe. Then there are the new spare parts, hips, etc. We've had changed, or bits added like stents, as well as the audio-visual enhancements, hearing aids and glasses, all to help us as we've grown older. I have a question. As we have grown older, physically, has it changed our Christian outlook on life? Many of us may well have spent a lifetime of service in the church, held lots of position, different roles over the course of time. Some of us may still hold offices and or perform roles. Some of us may have retired, feeling it was time to leave things to the youngsters. A sentiment I can fully understand and agree with. But, and it's a big but, there's only one problem with that. When we look around our churches, many of them don't have anyone younger than us. We might not have noticed, but the rest of the congregation are actually older than us. And they had the same thought as us but they did it much earlier. Luke chapter 14 verses 25 to 35, reading from the message. Figure the cost. One day, when large groups of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned and told them, anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, children, Brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self can't be my disciple. Anyone who won't shoulder his own cross and follow behind me can't be my disciple. Is there anyone here who, planning to build a new house, doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so you'll know if you can complete it? If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you. He started something he couldn't finish. Or can you imagine a king going into battle against another king without first deciding whether it is possible with his 10,000 troops to face the 20,000 troops of the other. And if he decides he can't, won't he send an emissary and work out a truce? Simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. Salt is excellent, 
but if the salt goes flat, it's useless, good for nothing. Are you listening to this? Really listening? Amen. As I was preparing for this service, I found this reading very challenging. What did I give up? Did I count the cost? Did I look at the potential outcome? I suppose if the truth be known, I just jumped in with both feet. No surprise there, you say. Without any thought of the consequences. Although I knew the attitude of my friends back in those days towards a holy Joe, the name given to anyone who raised their head above the parapet and made any sort of Christian stand. You needed a thick skin back then. Possibly not realising who I had to give up, what the cost would be. Like the seeds in the parable, that soon sprouted up. I was a keen and enthusiastic follower, but like the seed, had no real roots. I soon was choked off by the things of the world. I floundered and sank back into the world. I could not see the path. I did not know my guide. I needed a guide that I knew and I could trust. Someone to show me the way I should go. next reading is from Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 26, reading from the voice. The Holy Spirit produces a different kind of fruit, unconditional love, joy, peace, patience, kind-heartedness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. You won't find any law opposed to fruit like this. Those of us who belong to the anointed one have crucified our old lives and put to death the flesh and all the lusts and desires that plague us. Now, since we have chosen to walk with the Spirit, let's keep each step in perfect sync with God's Spirit. This will happen when we set aside our self-interest and work together to create true community instead of a culture consumed by provocation, pride and envy. How many fruits of the Spirit are there? Hmm, thinks. The answer is only one, 
it's singular, fruit of the spirit. It's all one, complete, whole package, the fruit of the spirit. Unlike spiritual gifts, which are many, varied and individual, as the name fruit of the spirit suggests, it's the, it's the visible outworking of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The fruit of the spirit is complete and perfect because it comes from God and is God. We may, might be joyful, peaceful or long-suffering to name but three of the attributes, but is it in our own strength? Or does the Holy Spirit live and reside in us? The fruit of the Spirit comes from allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us. I hope and pray that we all display the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, not just in church, but especially in our daily dealings with the world so that people see and hear Jesus when they meet and talk with us. So often, though, we fail in the things we do and say to other people. I know I do. But the great thing is that, as Jesus is beside us, he picks us up, dusts us off, and lets us start again. He knows and understands us and still loves us. From our second hymn onwards, the hymns are all about letting ourselves be guided along the path God has mapped out for us by his Holy Spirit, walking with Christ by our side as our guide. We started off thinking about our age and how it's affected us. Then we went on to think about the cost, the price to be paid, and what we had to give up to follow Jesus. Perhaps now we can't remember the cost or that price, but we know the cost, the price that our Saviour paid to redeem and save us. So when we turned our lives round, around and followed him, we became like the visible part of the vine. We each became a branch and could display fruit, not our own fruit, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit flowing through us for all the world to see. If only we let him. Are you struggling alone in your own strength or do you let the Holy Spirit flow through you? Let us pray. Dear God, let your spirit speak words of wisdom and guidance over our life today. You promised a comforter who will be 
with us every step of the way to guide us and to supply what we need. Be with us, Father. Help us speak the right words, make the right choices, and choose the right opportunities. Making decisions can be confusing. Holy Spirit, don't allow us to make mistakes. Help us determine which direction will open the right doors and cause productive relationships to flourish. Amen.
content in this podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved.